0: What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes because our full episodes, of course, are video shows that take a while to edit and and do all the dopeness that we do with them. So in between that, we like to drop these passing periods where it's just me, Manuel Russin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher, and Jeff uh, talking about stories that perhaps didn't make it into our most recent full episodes. So welcome. And Jeff, man, I... I see that um, there's some really unfortunate news on the testing industrial complex front. I know how much you love standardized tests and I I just can't imagine you know what you're going through right now seeing this this latest news about perhaps the maybe the largest or definitely most well-known standardized test in existence, Jeff. Let's talk about it, man, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the first part of what you said. There was you just love a lot tests, of like, Jeff. there you was a lot them. of hot air uh, I heard <laughs> on the mic here. It was just a whooshing sound of hot air. I'm sorry, uh, didn't didn't catch all of that. But um, <laughs> as you said, uh, big news, man. Big news yesterday. In fact, yeah, uh, May 14th, Friday, May 14th. Um, uh, public counsel, who's uh, one of the lead, um, uh, you know, lead organizations supporting the plaintiffs um, in this case, announced a settlement uh, with the University of California. Um, so plaintiffs in the Smith versus Regents of the University of California um, case reached a historic settlement on Friday and. Um, which they expect will help broaden access to UC campuses for students across the state by eliminating considerations of both the SAT and the ACT from admissions and scholarship decisions. So this is huge news, okay, Uh, (laughs) for a lot of reasons, Um, and it is partially huge news because um, back in August of 2020, these same plaintiffs in the Smith case, which included um, Black and Latinx students from around California, I think it even included the District of Compton, Compton Unified, I believe, um, as well. Um, So back in August, those plaintiffs won a court order requiring the university to cease use of tests while the lawsuit was ongoing um, which forced the university to abandon its plan which had been to go back they had paused and they were going to go back to considering sat and act scores for students applying to uc campuses Um, the settlement from this week uh, extends the previously existing test free policy through at least 2025. okay so from now until the spring of 2025 Anyone who's applying to the University of California, um, any of their campuses, SAT and ACT will not only not be considered, but if a student submits them as a part of their application, those results will not even be given to the admissions officers who are reading uh, student and reviewing student files. Um, and, Manuel, this is an interesting tidbit here. Public counsel put out a, a big press release yesterday, and wouldn't you know it? Former all of the above guest. Yeah. Okay. From, I think, was it episode two or episode episode, three?
0: I think it was episode two, maybe episode three. It was one of the original episodes, though, for sure. Yeah,
1: this is like an OG guest on the show. Mo Mo Hyman um, from College Access Plan, shout out to Mo, is quoted as saying the following. It is our hope that this agreement helps UC officials to align with the system's vision to recruit and educate California's best and brightest from all backgrounds. We hope it causes public institutions everywhere to think... To rethink their relationship with the college board and reliance on its products, which perpetuate privilege and exacerbate racism in institutions of higher learning, period, end quote, um, and mic drop from, <laughs> from Mo Hyman. So, um, I mean, big news, Manuel, big news. And um, I, I, you've been saying forever, get rid of these bad boys. Um, yeah. And now... Although settlements always come to an end, which is why I get frustrated by settlements. Um, certainly, this is a win in the in the sort of um, breaking down the walls of, of, of. I think what is probably you know it's hard to argue against the fact that the standardized tests that that maybe are. Some of the worst in terms of their kind of predatory effects on, on limiting access and opportunity for folks are SAT and ACT. Um, maybe, maybe other people would disagree, but like they really represent um, some of the more problematic aspects of, of standardized testing. And so
0: this is a big step. Uh, what, what are you thinking, Manuel? Yo, this is great. This is great. Shout out to everybody that had anything to do with this. Of course, um, the homies at College Access Plan, Public Council, Community Coalition for South of South Los Angeles. All the everybody that had anything to do with this, because this is really, I think, a victory for for students across the states, uh, students of all backgrounds, really. Um, the SAT and the ACT, I think just like history shows and research has has shown that like, as far as predicting college success, they're not so great at that. And they are especially great at pretty much showing you what, what students grew up with privilege and which students did not. And I think actually on that episode where we had Mo Hyman Speaking about college access, I think she said something along the lines of like how these tests are basically really good at, at letting you know uh, which students had parents who attended college and which students did not because that's more closely associated with these scores than than really anything else. So uh, I see this as a big victory, personally. You know, I you know how I feel about tests and and yeah, I mean the. The fact that it goes through 2025, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's forever. But then I'm like, wait, it is 2021 (laughs) already. Like, time is flying. And it's my understanding that the UC is developing an alternative admissions assessment for for students. So I don't know that what they're developing will be ready by 2025. But by my understanding, this settlement means basically, like, if they're not they don't have that ready, then they continue with the test-free deal and not test-optional because I think, I think we talked about on the show, like test-optional still kind of allows for those inequities to to leak into the in, into the admissions process because the ones who opt to take the test tend to be from more affluent families who have um, higher education uh, backgrounds and, and all that sort of stuff. So anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased to see that the UC system is doing this. The UC system is large, is, is, momentously uh, influential and they were pressured to do this. So I'm not giving credit to them. I'm giving credit to the folks who fought for this, but like the UC system includes nine undergraduate campuses and those nine campuses, Jeff, the top 11 the top 11 public universities in the nation of those top 11 six of them are uc campuses six of them are uc schools and <laughs> this, the uc system has nine so like six of the nine are in the top 11 across the nation so these are really you know quote unquote elite institutions as far as public public higher education is concerned so to see them have to move away from the sat and the act and develop something better I think is going to pave the way for other schools across the nation to do the same. Um, so I'm really excited about this personally. Somebody, you know, I, I celebrated this online yesterday on Twitter, and somebody jumped in the comments and basically said like. Um, you know, the the high achieving students are going to flee um, the UC system. You know, I, I mentioned that like the UC system is home to the number one public university in, in the world, which is UCLA, go Bruins. <laughs> um, and somebody was like, um, soon to be former number one public university. It only reached that position because of the vigorous academic requirements. And those seem to be quickly disappearing. High achieving mm. students will go elsewhere, maybe USC. And it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, first of all, we're talking... 225,000 students, so we're talking a massive amount of students. I doubt, I doubt we're going to see a quarter million students avoid the UC system because they're not taking the SAT anymore. Secondly, like there's the fear that removing these outdated tests will somehow lower the academic standards of the university is just like, asinine to me. It just makes no sense, no sense at all. So I'm glad the UC system has been pressured to move away from these. I'm very excited about that. The pandemic caused a lot of school systems already to like either go to test optional or just to not look at SAT or ACT scores at all. So I think we'll know within the next couple of years what impact that has on, on admissions because like if the next couple of years come through and like the schools are still super dope and the students are still super talented and if anything, like they're um, gonna be more diverse in, in any which way you measure, then like that'll show that all these, all the fear mongering around like, oh, you can't get rid of this, you can't get rid of this. It'll show that all that fear mongering is like most fear mongering, which is um, to say it's not based in reality and it's not based in research and data. So shout out to everybody who was part of this. And if you're listening to this show and you're like, yo, this is dope. I wanna, you know, I wanna support. I wanna, you know, lend my my support to any of these groups. Uh, psh- collegeaccessplan.org. They work with students who happen to include some of my students and uh, they've done phenomenal work in helping helping students from marginalized backgrounds access um, higher education and navigate such a uh, inequitable, fraught, complex, confusing system. Uh, so collegeaccessplan.org is a nonprofit that does fantastic work in helping our most marginalized get into college. So um, yeah, show your support, man. collegeaccessplan.org, go over there, donate, do something. Um, Cause yeah, this is this is good stuff. This is good news, man. This is good news. Jeff, yeah, I like I, it. I like it. I don't know if you can <laughs> tell, I'm, I like it. I'm happy about this.
1: I, I, I'm so surprised. I didn't even realize <laughs> you were gonna feel this way, Manuel. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'd less big picture, I fully agree, right? Like this is obviously good news. Um, this the sort of stranglehold that that um, SAT and ACT and the College Board, by extension, have had on this aspect of the college admissions process, and frankly, they also hold to a significant significant extent on the graduate school admissions process. Um, although I do think. There's a, an argument to be made about um, perhaps a different lens on standardized testing going into graduate school, but um, nonetheless, uh, this is a good development. And uh, last year, um, in my in my you know day job, uh, I was in a meeting with a bunch of folks who work on policy in our organization, and we were talking about um you know the sort of implication strategy etc of supporting at that time what was really the push to get the um UC and uh, CSU systems to hit pause on the use of you know of the SAT and ACT in the beginning of the pandemic right and um and my question then which definitely remains a question now is you know To a certain extent, we have to ask ourselves, is the devil we know better than the devil we don't know? So I don't particularly have a great deal of confidence that a test that's developed by the UC system to replace the SAT is necessarily going to be any better than the SAT was. Um, Now, could it be better? Sure. Sure. Um, Might we might it be better since they'd be starting from scratch and there, you know, there might be like the opportunity to influence it kind of from the ground level and that sort of thing. It's very possible. And on the other hand, um, you know, there are a significant chunk of university faculty who think the SAT is, you know, is important. Right. And so who's going to be shaping this new admissions assessment? And if what it does is actually have the same sort of net effect on high school students and their prospects, but is missing all of the broadly available infrastructure that comes around the SAT, and of course it's inequitably accessible, right? Like SAT prep courses and tutoring and all that. But like, if we got this new secret UC test that nobody knows about, and it's still just gonna privilege the kids who speak the best white standard English, do are we actually getting a better outcome? Um, you know, I think probably no matter how this plays out, odds are it won't be as bad as the current system. I also think we got a whole lot of work left to do to make sure we don't just get another bad system, <laughs> you know, in yeah. place of one that w- was problematic for all the reasons you've you've stated. So yeah. you know, happy about the settlement, and now I think okay, the work continues because. What I think what people have to grapple with, Manuel, and what never gets talked about is that higher ed is arguably vastly more inequitable than the K-12 system, both in terms of the sort of equivalent of per-people funding, in terms of the way we – I mean, higher ed is literally like um, – it's the most tracked part of our our education system from pre-K to college, right? And so – You know, it's it's far worse than even like just having AP courses and honors courses and things, right? It's having an entire institution that is only made up of the best performing AP and honors kids. And the UC system accepts the top thirty percent of kids in the state. That's what it does. That is the purpose of it. That is the that is its function. Its function is not going to change, so it may determine a slightly different version of what represents the top thirty percent of students in the state. But this doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, like UCLA is gonna gonna look like LA, you know, in terms of representation. Um, this means that there will probably be some more opportunity for some higher achieving low-income students, students of color, English learners, etc. Um, But until we are prepared to address the larger question of like, hey, The UC system takes top 30%. The CSU system takes, you know, the or or I'm sorry, the U um, The UC system takes the top 10% of kids in the state. The CSU system takes the next 30% of kids in the state. And then the community colleges take the rest. So it doesn't so much matter how we rearrange the deck chairs in that equation. That's not changing life in the hood for anybody. Um, or for more than just a few people, let's say. So I think we got to also like see it with, uh, within the larger lens of like, how does our educational system function? What is the capitalistic function of college
0: in this, in this regard? Damn it, Jeff, let me be happy for a day. <laughs> Hey, nah, man. Debbie Downer nah. over here, <laughs> Debbie Downer over here reminding us that the whole freaking system is a problem and this is just one little aspect of it. Yes, I, you are correct all the way, but damn, save that for next episode or something, Jeff. Let's just be happy <laughs> well, this, today.
1: You know, it's funny that Mo Hyman was quoted in, in this press release from public Counsel because this was one of the big questions we talked about when, you know, back yeah. when she was on the show was like the college for all push. I want to like right, like in my soul, because college was so important in my life. Right, um, and when we look at how the system functions, like there isn't a seat for everyone at a UC school, and by definition, we fund those schools the best, and they take True. the top performing kids. And so, if we redefine what top performing means, we might get a more diverse um, uh, coalition of top performing kids. But we're still talking about only the top 10% of kids, right? So, so I think that this is good, and the conversation about opportunity, the conversation about social mobility, the conversation about economic uh, justice and, and educational justice does need to expand beyond simply the UC system because the reality is the UC system ain't serving the vast majority of Californians. okay? Um, and, and at this point, it's never going to unless we build, a lot more campuses.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I, I, all that stuff is true. And I highly recommend, highly recommend um, folks listening right now to go back to that that episode where we did have Mo Hyman on as well as uh, Rachel Bonkowski to talk about college access. That was episode three, Jeff, I just looked it up. Episode three, nice. okay. like third episode ever. And um, super dope. You should definitely go back and check that out. If you are relatively new-ish to our show, uh, just know that the, you know, we're still working out some kinks back then. It's, it was, uh, you know, the look of it isn't as dope as the look of it now. And we had some, well, actually, I mean, it was still really good quality stuff, but you know, it was different. It was different. Um, it, was,
1: it was vintage, man. It was uh, vintage, man. Vintage, I'm looking man. at it now. You had a, uh,
0: <laughs> an assessment segment on that one where you're, you were talking about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and, and the impact of that on our school. So a lot oh, of good yeah. stuff there, man. Throwback, throwback. Yeah, that was the early, the early days of Trump, man.
1: Early Some days, cowlers. man. Hey,
0: <laughs> hey, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to stay happy and positive for this episode, man. I don't want to go back to that. But in any case, um, yes. I would like to you know, just touch on what you said about the UC developing its own its own assessment system. And of course, of course, no matter, not no matter, but probably whatever gets developed is still going to have um, have its problems and its challenges and its issues. Um, but I would say the legacy of the SAT, the SAT specifically, and its legacy going all the way back to the, the you know, original folks who developed it and its roots and, and you know, some folks who believed in eugenics and things like that, like that's something that the college board could just not, wipe away no matter how many times they tinker with the SAT and changed it up and made it you know out of 1600 to 2400 and now a writing part and then back to 16 and all that stuff um, those problems are just, just still there and I think starting fresh starting from scratch um generally is is a good idea period and I definitely definitely look forward to having an assessment system or admissions assessment system that is not controlled by the college board because like you know we talked about the NCAA on the last episode with uh, Dave's iron and college board very similarly a quote unquote nonprofit that makes billions off the backs of student labor and and basically being a gatekeeper to students futures so i, I you know if nothing else i'm happy to see the uc system step away from them and develop something although although you know maybe someone's going to email me or something, be like, well, actually the stuff they're developing is in partnership with the College Board, which wouldn't shock me. But um, Jeff, when we started this season um, for this school year, our first guest was uh, Jose Vilson, And on that episode, one of the Do Now stories was a story out of New York based on a report from, not a report, but a study from the Learning Policy Institute, which showed the promise of performance assessments. And I, I don't know if you remember that, but like the-
1: Yes, I am, I, I, uh, yes, I remember it deeply and I right. want so bad to make that, that and real. And I think that's
0: what we'll get because, uh. you know, I think that the Learning Policy Institute is so influential and of course, you know, shout out to Linda Darla Hammond and everybody else um, over there. And I think really what they've been highlighting lately in their their work is just the, the benefits of performance Standards as like uh, an assessment system that is more equitable than what we currently have, and you know, and for the for folks who didn't listen to that story that was so long ago, you don't remember. Um, basically, they found that this network of schools, 38 schools across New York, um, that use like project-based portfolios for graduation. Students from those schools who attended uh, the City University of New York system. Those who like had lower admissions test scores than, than other students still ended up outperforming other students in in college based on the strength of their, their education around performance assessment. So in other words, the performance assessments were better predictors of college success than the um, existing assessment tests. So if the UC system can be part of developing something that's geared more towards a project-based portfolio or some kind of performance assessment that lends more opportunities for students to demonstrate what they know, demonstrate what they're able to do, um, that isn't so rooted in, you know, what you, you mentioned earlier, like just how big of a deal a uh, standard academic English has in these tests. Like, you know, if they can develop something that isn't so rooted in those old inequitable markers, I think that that's hugely promising, hugely promising. So hopefully that's what happens. And hopefully the UC system develops this and it works well and it influences high schools in a positive way in terms of having high school um, teaching practices and and curricular practices sort of reflect the uh, performance-based, project-based assessment um, methods, that'll all be very great, especially then if that is something that other universities around the nation could, could tap into and could utilize. So to me, this is a great opportunity Let's stop tinkering with the SAT and try to you know, make it quote unquote, finally equitable or finally fair. Let's just put all that aside and start fresh. And if we can't figure out a way to um, get admissions assessment system that is fair and equitable, if we just can't develop one, well then F it. Let's just not have any at all. And let's just not go back to the SAT or the ACT, which according to my understanding, this, this settlement basically says that like, look, if, if, they, they, if they don't develop something, then fine, they're gonna stay test free. Like they're not going back. We ain't going back. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it.
1: Yeah. So, um, I it, interesting. Okay, I, Debbie I,
0: Downer, what you got now? No,
1: no, 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 not not Debbie Downer. I first of all, as you were talking, my first thought was we got to get some people on from the um, New York Standard uh, Performance Standards Consortium to which is, to my knowledge, the most, the longest standing, most robust entity out there that's doing essentially like performance standardized assessment, right? And not performance assessment like when you take one of these, you know, Smarter Balanced or PARC and they're like, it's a performance test, but it's just a standardized test essay or you write a few sentences or whatever. Right? This is like kids work on a research paper all year, all semester and they present it, you know, at the end, right? So totally different um, in scale and scope. Um, So first of all, my first reaction is we got to get some of these people on and like really talk about it and do some do some more expansive discussion of it on the show here. Um, But secondly, also, you know, I I think, Manuel, there's an interesting um, like fundamental tension that I feel in discussions about testing, which is folks who are like you know, just sort of burn everything to the ground. I just want to teach whatever I want to teach and whatever I do is what I do. And I don't fall into that camp. Like I, I think we do have a, a civil society has a need to gather data about how students are, are doing across a very large school system and, and plural set of systems, right? Um, I think the way we have been doing it and how we use that data is kind of upside down, right? Um, we hold the wrong people accountable or most accountable in the system. Um, so we can do it differently, but I I, I I, get a little bit worried when folks are just sorta of like, we should have nothing. I'm like, I, first of all, I don't think that's realistic. Second of all, we've had periods of American history where we had nothing and you know who was getting the shit? When we had nothing was like poor folks, black and brown folks and indigenous folks. So like that, that was weren't the glory days. Okay. Um, so I do think there's some sound ethical approach we need to find. I think the New York, uh, performance standards consortium offers the best model that I'm aware of, not saying it's perfect, but it's something that I've had some experience with. And I'm like, this is This is a dope model. This is like really compelling, at least to learn more about um, and consider what it would look like to expand. So, anyways, that's where I fall, Um, folks. um, Dr. Rustin uh, is—he's big time, you know. I I have a decent resume and all, but Dr. Rustin gets uh, regular invitations to appear on fancy. Um, you know, webinars and things with people on the opposite coasts. So we're going to wrap up today's um, passing period because he's got to go go do makeup and, um, you know, get to the green room uh, <laughs> before his, his big appearance here. And I know our time is short, but.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, well, um, yeah, you gotta, I got to go do all that. But, but I do want to <laughs> let our listeners know they have a little bit of homework here. And, you know, first first thing on the to-do list is go back to episode three. Episode three ever, not episode three of this season, but episode three ever, which was a episode where for the seminar we we um, dug deep into college access and um, everything from this college for all mindset to you know obviously the inequities around admissions and, and what have you. So definitely go back to that. That's number one. Um, second piece of homework is to go to collegeaccessplan.org and uh, you know check them out. They're dope. Um, Third piece of homework is to go back to episode 54, which was the first episode for this school year, where we did talk about this uh, Learning Policy Institute report about the uh, Performance Consortium. I forget the name, Jeff, you just said the name, but that the network of schools in New York City who've been doing this work for a long time with a project-based um, learning and assessment. So definitely go back to that episode and check out That Do Now, where we you know go into more details about that particular research study and what they found. And all right, so that already that's kind of a lot of homework, Jeff. But you know, it learning is. loss, learning loss. We got to catch folks up. So episode three, <laughs> yes. episode three, collegeaccessplan.org, yep. and episode fifty-four, the do now, and and lastly, um, check out our our website. We have a, a couple new t-shirts available and, and hoodies available. If you haven't checked out our AOTA shop, so if you go to our website aota.show.com and then click on support or you know aota.show.com slash mm-hmm. support if you want. Anyways, there's a link there, there's a little button for dope AOTA merchandise. You could click on that and see, you know, our shirts and hoodies and mugs and all of that. But we have a new a few new shirts there that emphasize the importance of teaching the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth despite what the naysayers say about um critical race theory. Critical race project, theory. You know, all, all race. that stuff. All that. Nah, man. We're here to yeah. teach the truth, man. We're not hiding. We're not covering up. We're not, you know, indoctrinating students with white supremacist myths about the founding of America. Nah, we're teaching the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So check out that merch. Uh, Matt, well, one, b- before
1: before we close, real quick, one thing I should have done earlier when I was introducing the story, but your your homework made me think of this. Uh, yep. Yes, go to collegeaccessplan.org, dot uh, find out about them. But also, there were there were a few other organizations involved in this. Oh yeah, there settlement. are many. Yeah, yeah I was so just I want, shouting them out because I happen yeah, to know
0: them. I, but yeah,
1: yeah, I just want to give a shout out to them here just to just to show love. Credit where credit is due. So Chinese yep. for Affirmative Action, which sounds like a fascinating group. Hashtag Solidarity uh, needs yep. to learn more about them. Of course, College Access. Plan Plan, College Seekers, Community Coalition, shout out to, to Coco, uh, and Dolores Huerta Foundation, Little Manila Rising, nice, um, okay. and Compton Unified School District. So, And then, of course, there was a bunch of students, and they all took it to Janet Napolitano and the regents of the UC system. So
0: congrats on that settlement. Yeah, for sure. You'd love to see it. All right, folks, that about does it for this week's passing period. We hope you enjoyed. Remember, please rate us, review us. Five stars are always appreciated. We'll be be back at you next week with a full episode featuring the wonderful, amazing, brilliant, super dope Dr. Yolanda Sealy Ruiz. You do not want to miss that, folks. So we will catch you in one week. But for now, it's time for you to go ahead and get to class.